Hello friends! In today's episode with Vava, we discuss his experience in one of the most prestigious universities in the world, the University of Chicago. University of Chicago is very unique for many reasons, and in my opinion, one of the most interesting facts is that it's actually relatively new in comparison to other prestigious American universities. It was, found, it was founded at the end of 19th century, but it immediately became the top-notch research school that contributed so, in so many ways to scientific progress and just to science. It hosts 100 Nobel laureates. It's alma mater of such of, of greatest people like Edwin Hubble, Carl Sagan, Bernie Sanders, you name it. And with Baba, we try to understand what actually contributes to this uh, to this success. What what makes this school unique? even in American terms, and even unique in terms of most prestigious universities in the world. So stay tuned, subscribe, and as always, enjoy! Hello, dear listeners! Hello again! So today... We just uh, want to discuss with Baba his uh, experience um, in one of the most prestigious American universities. Um, first of all, man, I'm really like satisfied that he got there. And Thank you, my friend. You managed to actually fly there, you know, and study. Uh, it, it wasn't easy with the virus, you know, to get all the documents to, to get in. Yeah, I mean, but my congratulations and... Just Thank you. Want to? I just want to find out how it feels. First of all, like, I guess, like yeah, it's the stupid, like the most stupid question that you ask, but still, how it feels like to study uh, Chicago? Do you feel uh, differently? Do you do you feel like I don't know? Do you have this spirit of uh, ingenuity, curiosity, and just you know? Yes. Um... I would say that definitely yes. I think that the uh, university does a pretty good job of creating this, like you know, learning atmosphere, and um, and I think that um, of course the faculty is like you know very dedicated and uh, they're demanding and it's tough and but you know they will help you when you need help. Uh, but I think what is important is the uh, just physical you know environment. I mean. Uh, the university campus just has this vibe, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. those uh, buildings in neo-Gothic style. You feel like in a cathedral, you know, not in a university. And this gives you like this, you know, some metaphysical feeling, like, you know, like you feel like you're in a church, but you're actually studying here. So this gives you like this, um, it's hard to explain, but it gives you this um, mm-hmm. feeling that learning is actually something, you know, like divine almost, you know. That's interesting, but it's also interesting that uh, uh, it's not it's not the oldest university in America. It's, I mean, no, it's, it's not. Like 1921 was uh, open, so it's pretty new. Uh, and... No, I think it was 1890 actually. It's like still the... relatively. I guess it was opened by Rockefeller uh, 
something like this. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, it was sponsored by him. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's interesting that they decided, you know, to put university into this uh, environment and atmosphere, into this old building. It's kind of creating this Cambridge-style university. It's not. It was. Yes, like, definitely. With, for example, obviously Cambridge is from uh, what 16th century, even before the US was founded. Uh, yeah. Uh, and this is a little bit different. And people say. Uh, Chicago, in many ways, is very different from this Ivy League. It's not, you know, in terms of especially, it's not Ivy League. Everyone knows. Yeah, it's like, not Ivy League. Yeah, it's top university, and it's top university in terms of like research, and um, they actually they're interested in bringing like you know research, bringing some groundbreaking discoveries to the world, and not in like for example Cambridge. It's more like a cultural thing. It's more like even ideology. You know. Law school in Cambridge, everyone knows if you want to be a politician, you should kind of finish RDL or Cambridge Law School. Uh, so it's yeah. different, different vibe, I guess, like to in Chicago, it should be really scientific and, um, you know. Um, yeah, it is. Um, I would say that uh, even, you know, in college, when you're an undergraduate student, they actually make you do all of research and they make you actually feel that your research matters. For example, mm -hmm. in political science, I'm taking a class about uh, democratic erosion, and uh, they make you write articles uh, for a website that's run by a like multi uh, cross university consortium it's a consortium mm -hmm. to study democratic erosion. So they tell you, yeah, you're going to write some articles about you know the topic that you chose, and the article that you write will be a part of a database regarding you know democratic erosion that different mm -hmm. different scholars were that will then use you know to to study this phenomenon. Um, so you know even when you're in college, an undergraduate student, they make you feel uh, like your research actually matters. They make you do a lot of you know case studies from mm -hmm. of the topic that you are researching. Um, and they're way more, they put way more emphasis on actually researching than learning, you know. Um, when uh, when you take a class about history of the US, they will not make you remember dates, you know, and events. They will make you, uh, you know, uh, they'll teach you how to read historical documents, how to put them into context, you know. And they leave the learning of the actual facts to yourself. You. You in the in the class you will learn how how to make sense of historical documents etc. Mm -hmm. and uh, how to basically do research in history. That's really interesting. It sounds yeah, it sounds like it should be. Um, I mean, I'm also like, grateful to FU Berlin in terms of they also like push you towards your own research because like, yes, that's papers, true. Rather than taking just you know stupid exams, uh, which one won't be. In some anyhow, like useful. For example, for me, I just the way I discovered my uh, interests is through my own research, even though it was definitely challenging from time to time. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, how is um, student atmosphere there? I know it's pandemic, I know it's COVID, but still, because I know there are a lot of clubs there, a lot of uh, on-campus activities. I don't know. Yes, there's there's a lot of them. There. Are obviously mostly online right now uh basically you have a lot of student organizations they're called rso's registered student organizations 
And uh, there's a lot of them, like hundreds and hundreds of clubs, you know, devoted to different topics and, uh, you know, scientific interests. I myself uh, am taking part in the Chicago Debate Society at the university, uh, which is basically a debate club. Uh, it's very competitive. Uh, I mean, not within the university, but, you know, the American universities are big on debating. So the club is, uh, you know, very... Uh, pushing you to you know to take part in the competitions like cross university competitions and tournaments um, yeah and actually what is interesting is it's entirely run by students so you know you'll be taught uh, the art of debating by students you know like f f third or fourth year students when you just you know when you're a first year you won't, will not have any professor over there or whatever all of the student organizations are run entirely by students which is super interesting yeah, it's super different from, I guess, uh, Fry University. We don't have any uh, any kind of organizations. Uh, yeah, I guess it's a different culture, you know. Um, I guess um, maybe because um, American universities uh, are very... Well, when you apply to get into a US university, they really take into consideration your extracurricular activities in high school. So, you know, you get a lot of points for doing something outside of school. So maybe that's why they have this like big culture of doing something additionally by yourself, uh, which we don't really have in Germany. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so how are people there? Because I mean, I'm I'm asking through this perspective. Uh, for example, we all I don't know people know I guess who listen to us. Maybe Professor Kunkel and he went I guess to Cambridge for uh, two years as a professor, as a visiting professor, and. Uh, you know, when I asked him how was Cambridge in terms of students who were there, you know, he said it was kind of like the same university as anywhere else. And so he was actually a little bit disappointed that the level of, uh, like, you know, knowledge, the, the level of their knowledge wasn't so actually so great as you expect. Uh -huh. So how about Chicago? Because um, how do you find uh, your peers there, your you know students, uh, fellow students? Do you really feel it's like 1% of... Uh, top uh, intellectuals in the US? I, I feel like it depends on the class that you're taking because um, mm -hmm. there are courses that are way more demanding, for example, in terms of workload. I can see that people who attend those courses are like very, very super smart, super intelligent. Um, I have this one class where you basically have to read like 200 pages per week. Um, and um, those people managed to do this and, you know, they managed to think critically about those texts and have, like, very good remarks about them. And I can see that those are, like, super smart people. Uh, but I have some less demanding courses where you just, you know, where you just have to re uh, read one paper per week, watch uh, recorded lecture, and then you're good to go. And there sometimes people are, you know, I wouldn't say they're definitely not dumb, otherwise they wouldn't have gotten into this university. Uh, but I don't see, like, a huge... Uh, difference uh you know compared to our university in berlin uh, i think it depends on the course uh because we you know we have this sh shopping period as well that you can register and deregister for classes and uh you know after some people take those demanding classes for two weeks they realize it's not for them and they they drop the class so only people who are like you know super dedicated and motivated stay in this class um so yeah it's sort of like you know have this sorting of you know people i would say it sounds terrible but yeah <laughs> that's how it is especially interesting in this sense because uh, as far as i know they just like enter university they don't choose their um, 
um, major or minor, it's like during the process of studying, for example, you can just enter and go into physics, or you can just enter yeah. into math, or, the, or into history, or into politics, or whatever. Yeah, basically, the entire first year, uh, you have a set of classes called the core, uh, which is basically... Mm -hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter what you want to major in, uh, you'll have to take math courses, you'll have to take history courses, you'll have to take philosophy courses, you'll have to take basic, like, you know, biology, etc. You'll have to take basic uh, history, basic, basic everything. So they make you learn everything, a little bit of everything, so that, first of all, you're educated in, you know, every discipline. And second of all, to, you know, help you realize what you're really into and what you want to major in. That's, I mean, that sounds uh, pretty interesting in terms of, I guess, the way you should figure out where you want to, where you want to go. Um, yeah. Um, and I mean, maybe you haven't experienced uh, just, just, you know, like, because of the COVID, I understand it's hard to just say, but do you see those people with, you know, as uh, like this brilliant students who have like certain vision for for the future of actually the U.S. in terms of how do they reflect, you know, the whole thing uh, happening in the U.S. Do they do they see um, the current situation as a crisis and they want to like contribute somehow in the future and help the U.S. Or... Uh, yeah, uh, I I can say that people who are in the debate club are pretty. I think those guys are the most. Uh, um, how to say they talk the most about yeah they, they talk the most about their future and the most ambitious from the people I've met, uh, and I see that a lot of them work want to work you know in you know in public policy or you know in mm -hmm. government administration or whatever, um, but yeah there was this one guy from the debate club I talked to and he said yeah I wanted to work for a government agency my entire life but. Right now, I, I'm not sure if I want to do this, you know, under this administration because I don't want to serve this administration. Um, so, um, yeah, a lot of them are really engaged in, you know, politics and the future of, of the country. But um, as you can see, some of them don't want to serve certain administrations. So I guess maybe now that Biden will most probably win, maybe they'll be more uh, encouraged to, to take up politics. Okay. Yeah, and I guess uh, I have no more questions. All right. It sounds like uh, yeah, like or maybe maybe you know maybe you can say what what you will bring uh, from this uh, period you know exchange here. Do you have any kind of sort of ideas in terms of um, just you know how you can use this knowledge and just knowledge of how best uh, Amer best American university works maybe use it somehow in Europe. Um, to advance, uh, mm -hmm. advance. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, you can learn a lot uh, from how American universities function and how they create this uh, very good learning environment. I guess it's not as, it's not something you know it's not random, but you know like top five universities in the world, like most of them are American. Um, so you can definitely learn a lot of them and. If, you know, I was the Minister of Education or, you know, of higher education, I would uh, really uh, like to implement some of the uh, ideas from the U.S. in Europe. Like, you know, this more stress on uh, skills, acquiring skills and on doing research than actually, you know, uh, learning facts. Because I believe that learning facts should be, you know, 
you do it in high school. In university, you should be gaining skills and you should be doing research uh, in, in university. So, yeah, I think this is what European schools should learn from American schools, especially Eastern European mm-hmm. schools, which are big on just, you know, learning facts and that's it. Um, yeah, definitely Europe has a lot of lot to learn from America in this regard. And it's nice to study in very aesthetically pleasing, pleasing environment. <laughs> yes, it's it, it really it's really satisfying. Because it's interesting, you know, they just uh, decided let's put it into this environment. Let's not put it into skyscrapers or something. It, it has something, yeah, as you said, magical just about like Oxford or Garvard or you know Cambridge, something like that. It brings this uh, divine, yeah. To, yeah, it's to science. This environment is definitely something amazing, which is very unique and helps you actually to study. Okay, man, then enjoy it as much as possible. <laughs> and Thank you, my friend. Yeah, and yeah, bring as much experience as you can, I guess, and knowledge to Europe. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, thanks for listening to us. Uh, subscribe to our as channel. Always. Yeah, and just check out our other episodes, recommend to friends. Take care. Bye.